episode nine. Dudley suddenly reappeared in the room. Harry could hear the clunk of his trunk on the stairs and knew that the sounds had scared Dudley out of the kitchen. Dudley edged along the wall, gazing at Mr. Weasley with terrified eyes and attempted to conceal himself behind his mother and father. Unfortunately, Uncle Vernon's bulk, while sufficient to hide bony Aunt Petunia, was nowhere near enough to conceal Dudley. Ah, this is your cousin, is it, Harry? said Mr. Weasley, taking another brave stab at making conversation. Yep, said Harry. That's Dudley. He and Ron exchanged glances and then quickly looked away from each other. The temptation to burst out laughing was almost overwhelming. Dudley was still clenching his bottom as though afraid it might fall off. Mr. Weasley, however, seemed genuinely concerned at Dudley's peculiar behavior. Indeed, from the tone of his voice when he next spoke, Harry was quite sure that Mr. Weasley thought Dudley was quite as mad as the Dursleys thought he was, except that Mr. Weasley felt sympathy rather than fear. Having a good holiday, Dudley, he said kindly. Dudley whimpered. Harry saw his hands tighten still harder over his massive backside. Fred and George came back into the room, carrying Harry's school trunk. They glanced around as they entered and spotted Dudley. Their faces cracked into identical evil grins. Ah, right, said Mr. Weasley. Better get cracking, then. He pushed up the sleeves of his robes and took out his wand. Harry saw the Dursleys draw back against the wall as one. Incendio, said Mr. Weasley, pointing his wand at the hole in the wall behind him. Flames rose at once in the fireplace, crackling merrily as though they had been burning for hours. Mr. Weasley took a small drawstring bag from his pocket, untied it, took a pinch of the powder inside and threw it onto the flames, which turned emerald green and roared higher than ever. Off you go then, Fred, said Mr. Weasley. Coming, said Fred. Oh, no, hang on. A bag of sweets had spilled out of Fred's pocket, and the contents were now rolling in every direction. Big, fat toffees in brightly colored wrappers. Fred scrambled around, cramming them back into his pocket, then gave the Dursleys a cheery wave, stepped forward and walked right into the fire, saying, The burrow! And Petunia gave a little shuddering gasp. There was a whooshing sound and Fred vanished. Right then, George, said Mr. Weasley, you and the trunk. Harry helped George carry the trunk forward into the flames and turn it on its end so that he could hold it better. Then, with a second whoosh, George had cried, the barrow, and vanished too. Ron, you next, said Mr. Weasley. Say ye, said Ron brightly to the Dursleys. He grinned broadly at Harry, then stepped into the fire, shouted, The Barrow! and disappeared. Now, Harry and Mr. Weasley alone remained. Well, bye then, Harry said to the Dursleys. They didn't say anything at all. 
Harry moved toward the fire, but just as he reached the edge of the hearth, Mr. Weasley put out a hand and held him back. He was looking at the Dursleys in amazement. Harry said goodbye to you, he said. Didn't you hear him? It, it doesn't matter, Harry muttered to Mr. Weasley. Honestly, I don't care. Mr. Weasley did not remove his hand from Harry's shoulder. You aren't going to see your nephew till next summer, he said to Uncle Vernon in mild indignation. Surely you're going to say goodbye. Uncle Vernon's face worked furiously. The idea of being taught consideration by a man who had just blasted away half his living room wall seemed to be causing him intense suffering. But Mr. Weasley's wand was still in his hand, and Uncle Vernon's tiny eyes darted to it once before he said, very resentfully, Goodbye, then. See you, said Harry, putting one foot forward into the green flames, which felt pleasantly like warm breath. At that moment, however, a horrible gagging sound erupted behind him, and Aunt Petunia started to scream. Harry wheeled around. Dudley was no longer standing behind his parents. He was kneeling beside the coffee table, and he was gagging and spluttering on a foot-long, purple, slimy thing that was protruding from his mouth. One bewildered second later, Harry realized that the foot-long thing was Dudley's tongue, and that a brightly colored toffee wrapper lay on the floor before him. Aunt Petunia hurled herself onto the ground beside Dudley, seized the end of his swollen tongue, and attempted to wrench it out of his mouth. Unsurprisingly, Dudley yelled and spluttered worse than ever, trying to fight her off. Uncle Vernon was bellowing and waving his arms around, and Mr. Weasley had to shout to make himself heard. Not to worry, I can sort it out, he yelled, advancing on Dudley with his wand outstretched. But Aunt Petunia screamed worse than ever and threw herself on top of Dudley, shielding him from Mr. Weasley. No, really, said Mr. Weasley desperately. It's a simple process. It, it was the toffee. My son, Fred, real practical joker, but it, it's only an engorgement charm. At least I think it is. Please, I, I can correct it. But far from being reassured, the Dursleys became more panic-stricken. Aunt Petunia was sobbing hysterically, tugging Dudley's tongue as though determined to rip it out. Dudley appeared to be suffocating under the combined pressure of his mother and his tongue, and Uncle Vernon, who had lost control completely, seized a china figure from on top of the sideboard and threw it very hard at Mr. Weasley who ducked, causing the ornament to shatter in the blasted fireplace. Now, really, said Mr. Weasley angrily, brandishing his wand, I'm trying to help. Bellowing like a wounded hippo, Uncle Vernon snatched up another ornament. Harry, just go, Mr. Weasley shouted, his wand on Uncle Vernon. I'll sort this out. Harry didn't want to miss the fun, but... Uncle Vernon's second ornament narrowly missed his left ear, and on balance he thought it best to leave the situation to Mr. Weasley. He stepped into the fire, looking over his shoulder as he said, The burrow. 
His last fleeting glimpse of the living room was of Mr. Weasley blasting a third ornament out of Uncle Vernon's hand with his wand, Aunt Petunia screaming and lying on top of Dudley, and Dudley's tongue lolling around like a great slimy python. But next moment, Harry had begun to spin very fast, and the Dursley's living room was whipped out of sight in a rush of emerald green flames. Chapter 5 Weasley's Wizard Wheezes Harry spun faster and faster, elbows tucked tightly to his sides, blurred fireplaces flashing past him until he started to feel sick and closed his eyes. Then, when at last he felt himself slowing down, he threw out his hands and brought himself to a halt in time to prevent falling face forward out of the Weasley's kitchen fire. Did he eat it? said Fred excitedly, holding out a hand to pull Harry to his feet. Yeah, said Harry, straightening up. What was it? Tum-tum toffee, said Fred brightly. George and I invented them. We've been looking for someone to test them on all summer. The tiny kitchen exploded with laughter. Harry looked around and saw that Ron and George were sitting at the scrubbed wooden table with two red-haired people Harry had never seen before, though he knew immediately who they must be. Bill and Charlie, the two eldest Weasley brothers. How you doing, Harry? said the nearer of the two, grinning at him and holding out a large hand, which Harry shook, feeling calluses and blisters under his fingers. This had to be Charlie, who worked with dragons in Romania. Charlie was built like the twins, shorter and stockier than Percy and Ron, who were both long and lanky. He had a broad, good-natured face, which was weather-beaten and so freckly that he looked almost tanned. His arms were muscly, and one of them had a large, shiny burn on it. 